All right, this is a weird one. I'm going to be talking about fighting, especially making a leap in skill, having a breakthrough in fighting flow. And what brought me there was an LSD experience. Now, these two things might not be within your wheelhouse, you know, psychedelics and martial arts. But I promise you, the underlying principles that Ramin and I are talking about in this episode should be useful to anyone that is consistently working to progress and is looking for breakthrough, unintuitive breakthroughs in skill sets, in problem solving, in creative thinking, in physical ability. Um, I talk about a very personal, very unique experience. Uh, I think this is at least going to be entertaining, but I suspect some of you are going to get a little bit of inspiration and maybe some ideas of how to try to break through some of the plateaus that we all inevitably face as we're trying our ascent up to mastery. All right, enjoy it. You know, I mean, this is a phenomenon that people have experienced, I think. I don't know if it has a name, but you know, when you practice something, you practice it, practice it, and then you take a break. And when you come back, you magically are better at it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it, it, it could be a skill like you're trying to get to, you know, to do a certain technique, uh, a handstand, and you practice it all day long and just can't get there. Now, all you have to do is just like for half an hour, just don't think about handstands anymore, stop practicing. And then the very next time you do it, you're now perfectly executing it. Sometimes it's half an hour. Sometimes it's like you do it again the next day after you sleep over it. Yep. And sometimes it's a skill like a handstand, let's say, or, you know, playing something. Sometimes it's, a, it's fixing a problem, right? You're like trying to fix this math problem for hours and you can't. Yeah. And then you just take a break from it. And when you come back, boom, the answer is simple. And you just get into it immediately. It can be very various different things, but it's this, the phenomena of where taking a break from it will progress you in a way where keep acting on it will hold you back right? mm -hmm. where, where maybe it's the point where your actual skill or knowledge or information you've acquired everything you need to do the thing but you're lacking the relaxation to execute it and so doing more of the thing is bringing you further and further back because the more you do, the less relaxed you are. If that makes any sense. And mm -hmm. so non-doing is the solution then to, the, to mm -hmm. how to, how to mm -hmm. get to that, reach that final, final uh, finish line. And this can be found in many different things. I, one of the areas of my life where I've experienced this most distinctly in the last couple of years has been martial arts where there's always been in the last few years, there've always been periods of time of extensive training where like, where I do a lot more than I do on average. Let's say on average, I would train, I don't know, it's hard to average it out, but let's say when I was training, I would go to training maybe like three or four times a week. Then I would have weeks where I would go seven times a week, right? Where I would really push, do a hard like push on my training. And then I would have weeks where I would, didn't go at all. Like I, I always had like for varying reasons, maybe, you know, 
a month here where I didn't train, or sometimes maybe at the most extreme, maybe two months of no training, right? Like periods for a variety of reasons where there was no training whatsoever. Without fail, any time I've taken a longer break from training, when I came back, I was noticeably better to myself. Like I made a big leap. And I never, ever made a big leap while peaking on my training. Like when I would go through maybe a month of doing seven times a week training, during those four weeks, I didn't see progress or faster progress than usual. But I always had, I did have big jumps anytime I took a break. In ways that's sometimes hard to describe. Like why? Why am I not coming back to this activity and I'm not like, much worse at it. I'll tell you an area where I don't have this, but maybe the breaks and the activity plays a big role. Like when I do weightlifting, I cannot take a two-month break and I won't come back better. Mm -hmm. right? I'll come back and I'll have to start again from X steps behind of where I used to be. Yeah. But maybe... But that's also like strength and skill, right? Yeah. And, and also, <laughs> it, it, it's a question, it might be also a question of duration of break right maybe my strength training can also take a big like with strength training sometimes you can take maybe a big leap if you have like a week of a break mm -hmm. for whatever reason you train really really hard for an extended period of time and then you take like a week where you don't do anything and then maybe when you come back you can make a big step forward but like two months is too long for like you know pure strength progressive training To, to work in, in, this, in this matter. Also, relaxation is not necessarily the only thing that you need to like execute. It's not a skill in and of itself, right? Although it requires skills. But with martial arts, you know, it, 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 in, for me, it was always, or it seemed to be that I've always been, and many people are that way, not just with martial arts, but in martial arts specifically, a huge hindrance to learning progress is tension. It's just mental. It's like, how relaxed are you in your body? How in a flow state can you get yourself? How much can you believe in the technique so when you execute it, you're feeling yourself? It's almost like dancing when you're, you know, imagine you're dancing the entire time while you're, You have two people, the same song, same person. But once when the person is dancing, he's looking at a mirror and he's sober and he is self-criticizing and going, oh my God, I look like an idiot. Oh my God, I have no rhythm. And then in the next scenario, he has a couple of, you know, has two glasses of wine internally and there's no mirror and he's really feeling the song and he's just letting loose, right? These two scenarios will produce very different, you know, very different moves. And in martial arts as well, lots of people, it's very easy to be overly critical while you're doing it, overly tense while you're doing it, and not believing in the technique before you do it. Like you will think about executing something and you will already think about failure or be insecure about it and it will influence the technique. And If you train something often enough and you understand it like mentally and physically, you can kind of execute the technique. Then the thing that really makes a difference is like how fluid can you like 
flow with it, you know? And, you know, one big breakthrough that I had, like the, I think one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had in my striking, like before and after in terms of just the amount of tension I had or how, how good I flowed and how good I, I executed was due to an LSD trip. I did a, I did a microdose one day in New York a while ago. This must be two years ago. And nothing too crazy, like a super small dosage. I just spent a day of like walk in the park, listening to music. I was doing a bunch of shit. And at night, in the evening, there were fights on. Like there was a fight card. There were you know, MMA fights, UFC fights going on. And I was excited to watch them. And I could still feel a little bit of the acid, but you know, I'd maybe just taken like 25 micrograms and that was like 9 a.m. in the morning and this is now 9 p.m. in the evening. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking nothing, right? At this point, right. it's very small effects that, it, that are noticeable. But as I'm watching the fights, I'm really getting into it. And eventually there's one fighter and she's walking out with uh, a specific song, Shook Once. Shook Once Part 2 or something. I think it's called Shook Once by Mob Deep. And it, and it was, I don't know why, but it particularly, you know, caught me off guard as like an amazing fucking walkout song. Like it's just such a dope song to walk out to a fight. And as I'm watching her, I'm putting on headphones and I'm put on the song. And then I was out of control, basically. In that moment, when I put on the headphones, I got into a zone. And at the beginning, I walked around my living room and it was almost like I'm walking out to a fight. Mm-hmm. And then I started shadow boxing. Mm-hmm. And Ramin, I would kill to have a video recording of that. Yeah. It would have been amazing. I know... I don't know, but I'm pretty sure, right? I'm skeptical enough to think for sure it didn't look as cool as it felt. Mm -hmm. For sure. But for the first time in years of striking, I moved with a fluidity and speed and there was a feeling I had of it that always seemed unattainable and it felt amazing. And also there were moments where I could, it was almost like, I was like, Oh, now I understand this thing physically in a way that I only saw on TV professional spiders doing these movements and I could never just mentally grasp it. And now my body's just doing it. Mm -hmm. Like I would do these techniques or these movements that I was not able of doing before. Now, again, did I do them perfect? Did I look amazing? Probably not, right? But I was doing them. And it was almost like the, that felt like the matrix, like literally like I had downloaded, like I went, I was like, uh, whatever, a fighter in a video game that just has like one star and then I got like upgraded and was like do-do-do-do-do and I was like seven star fighter. Uh-huh. And just was an amazing feeling. And yeah. I just shadow boxed for like 
you know, and had so much power. That was another thing. Like just the amount of energy that I felt. And while I was feeling it, I was of two voices. One of my voices was like, this is just the drug, this is the acid that makes you feel this way. And then there was the other voice in my head that was like, who cares? Think about how much energy you feel right now in your body. That energy was there yeah. moments ago. That energy is going to be there tomorrow. You just don't know how to access it, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, did, I did maybe shadow box for 10 minutes, but I did it at a level of intensity where I was like drenched. My t-shirt was totally wet. I was like sweating. And then I changed my clothes and I watched the fights. And that was that. But after that, especially when I started sparring, my movements in sparring changed day and night. Mm -hmm. I, started, mm -hmm. I started exerting a level of confidence in sparring and doing movements as if I'm really a really competent striker. Just like I'm so confident comfortable here i'm just like moving and i'm and i'm just like feeling myself that's also like the first time all the way up to that that moment anytime i would strike you could almost see the self-criticism in my striking i would strike and then i would tense up and when i would spar i was always pretty tense because i was always like analyzing always criticizing you would have never thought Maybe you would not have seen that I was very critical of myself, but you would have not ever thought he's feeling himself. He thinks he's awesome. Never. Yeah. I didn't look like somebody that thinks he's awesome. But after that LSE trip, almost any time I do uh, sparring, and oftentimes when I don't feel awesome, I now look like I think I'm awesome. <laughs> and it's not some kind of like, I don't do it to trick other people. It's that I, yeah. I move differently. When I spar yeah. now, I move with a confidence and with yeah. a fluidity that communicates, I'm competent at this. I speak this language fluently. This is not, I, I'm not translating in my head what I need to do next. I'm just going. Yeah. And it was, the crazy thing is LSD didn't teach me this, obviously. This skill was inside of me. That skill I acquired over five years of training a lot. But even more so, those, those five years, I, I made two PhDs in fighting. Like the amount of fight study, the books I read, the analysis I watched, like I have a PhD in fighting. <laughs> okay. Right? I really do. Yeah. Like there's not many people that know more about fighting than me if they're not professional fighters or, not, or, or fighting isn't their profession in the, the way that they're training people. Like, I know this shit, but I was not able to, and I'm not saying I'm good. This is, at no point have I said or thought the words, I'm really good at this because I'm not, right? Um, I'm very much an amateur. I know, like, in terms of my knowledge, I'm a professional. But in terms of my skill, I'm an amateur. But I was not able to perform at my true ability based on all the things I knew and based on all the training I've done because of my, the just sheer amount of tension I was holding. Yeah. Yeah. And 
that moment of listening to that song and getting in some kind of another zone, you know, sometimes acid is such a beautiful thing. Sometimes it just, mm-hmm. it put me on another planet. Like I was in a completely different fucking zone, right? Yep. I was a fighter and I was walking out to the ring to fight. And then I was fighting yep. and I was expressing my skill to the full ability that I had, right? Which is not much, but to the full ability. And then after that, I, I'm not saying that I was I'm executing the way that I, am on, that I was on LSD that night, but it, it untied a knot that it yeah, made such it. a big difference. I and I thought about that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that day... That shadow boxing experience really changed me. And then I always mm. forgot, but I've never captured it. Like we've never talked about this. I've never recorded it. I've never written it down anywhere. Yeah. And today, yeah, first time I hear about it. Today, as I was thinking about this, like taking breaks and making leaps. Mm-hmm. And as I was training, I went down to the gym and I was training. I was listening to Sylvie and her husband on their podcast talking about training and some training, this and that. And then they were talking about, you know, her for many, many years or for a long period of time being so hyper self-critical that her kicks weren't good and her kicks Mm -hmm. were not like real Thai kicks. And Mm -hmm. she would, you know, try to fix her kicking, right? Oh, my kicking game is bad. I need to fix my kicking. How can I get better at kicking? And everywhere they would go, they would like always be like, oh, well, no, I'm really bad at the kick. I can't, can you, like, it was like a problem that needed to be solved. And then they talked to, they mentioned like talking to like one Thai trainer that was like, oh, your, your kicking is really bad. Go and kick the back. Let me see it. And she went to the back and she kicked and he was like, your kick is totally fine. That would absolutely hurt somebody in a fight. Like, I don't know what your problem is. Like, and they were discussing how that that guy was like, think, he's thinking about Muay Thai as like, you know, you, you have a bunch of tools. There's a hammer, there's this, there's that, and you're just trying to accomplish a task, which is hurt the other person and win. Yeah. And we're looking at these tools as if they're like pieces of art. And we're like, oh, my hammer is not, mm-hmm. not perfect enough, so I cannot the hammer swing it. swing is not... <laughs> smoothly and, balanced and that guy's like well there's a nail can it can you hit it with it yeah. will it go yeah. down yeah, yeah then it's fucking yeah. do it like why are we talking yeah. about the fucking hammer right and she was like sitting there with her hammer every day thinking like she's not a worthy construction worker or something right she can't mm-hmm. go go to work because the hammer is not beautiful enough or whatever mm. and then we're talking about her progress her recent progress of like just relaxing more and using these tools and being less I don't know how to do this. I don't do this well. I don't do that well. If you're so in your head about all these things, you don't do any of them. Yeah. Right? Versus if you just do all of them, the more you do them, the more you'll realize, oh, when I do this, it really hurts the other person. Or this really works. Or now that I've mm-hmm. done it a hundred times in a real situation, I'm getting better at this. And then, you know, you develop a vocabulary that you really use versus... You're like, well, you know, unless I can say these words in perfection, I will not speak any of them. Well, you'll never get to perfection mm-hmm. that way either, right? You have to like say it mm-hmm. a little weirdly as you're yeah. adopting to a new language. And that sparked, that brought me back and I had like the, the moment of vision of me like shadow boxing in, in mm-hmm. an apartment in New York. And I was like, ah, oh, 
That was such a beautiful moment. It was such yes. an important moment. I need to talk about this uh, today. We need to like capture this in a recording. But but the 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 crazy thing is like as always, the drug is not even needed, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. The drug just helped me fully relax for a moment. Yeah. And as I fully relaxed, I fully realized what I'm capable of. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, there's a big difference between this and what I do every day. Yeah. yeah. And then I just was able, because I had visited that place, I was able to try to get back to that place. I was like, oh, I can be, I can be more playful. I can I can be more fluid. I can and then I was better and I was like. I'm not that bad. Like I'm actually pretty good at this. Like in, in still to this day, like when I do sparring, when I came to Austin and I went first time to do Muay Thai sparring and I've now sparred with many people, in many different continents, right? For how much of an amateur I am, I have quite a lot of experience in some, in some regards. And so I go into this room and I spar with like, do an hour of sparring and probably spart with like, I don't know, maybe 10 10, yeah, maybe 10, 12 different people, right? Of varying skills. And in my mind, anytime I go spar, I just assume I'm really bad. I'm just instantly will focus on who are the really good ones. And then I'll be kind of tensing up and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be that good. And I'm very selective in my, in my experience because like I, the first time I sparred here, I did, I did well against everybody. There was maybe one guy that was clearly better than me, but was holding back. And so we were sort of like competitive, tit for tat. But it was obvious to me, this guy's much better than me, right? Everybody else was giving it their best effort Many of them I was much better. Some of them are a little bit better. And some of them was very close. But I was not I was not the junior guy in that room. And then afterwards, one guy comes over to me. He's like, oh, how long have you been training? And then we talk a little bit. And he's like, dude, you're, you're a ninja, dude. And he walked away. And I was like, this is not, this is not how I see myself. Right? This is not the way I experience myself. Okay, I, would not, I would not, after this sparring round, go, I'm a fucking ninja. I'm ninjaing these people. But... If you can relax into, like, I think seeing yourself somewhat close to what your true skill are and being able to fully relax into it makes such a big difference. And I'm so grateful for that LSD experience, like for that. Yeah. For, and that was also, it was so dope because I was like with the headphones on and I'm listening to this music. Just imagine if you could feel like Mike Tyson for 10 minutes, right? And you're in the mm-hmm. ring. I mean, mm-hmm. it was one of these beautiful, beautiful pearls of, conscious experience that that asset can gift one so so i i i think one of the things that that like i realized so much more clearly with asset was that we are kind of this collection of autopilot programs that we run in every part of our life right and they're super useful right because it just makes everything easy but then at some point also they become like restrictions and they become limitations to what and how we can do whatever it is, right? And and with acid, sometimes it's like you you feel and you realize, you experience. Oh, this thing is is an autopilot. I can also change it, and it's kind of like this strict corset 
that's usually around. And then it's like not there anymore. And say, wait, I can also, I can also swing like this. I can also say it like that. I can also react completely different, or I don't react at all, and I see what happens. Right? Versus this autopilot, where usually there's like trigger, and then a small sequence starts, and the sequence is like predetermined. It happens automatically, so you don't, you're not aware of it. But then with S, you're like, ah, no, there's there's so many other possibilities, so many other ways to do it. Uh, and you you gain awareness and and uh, uh, around that. I mean, I, I think you know it, this beautiful unveiling of things that you participate in in ways where your consciousness had not fully penetrated to conscious awareness yet. Like you're doing these dances. And all of a sudden there's mirrors and you hear the music more clearly and you realize, oh, you know, I'm dancing to, you know, I'm, I'm dancing to uh, techno music here. I'm dancing to hip hop music here. This is, these are the, the background, everything, the subconscious programs, the background noises of life, all of that becomes HD crystal clear yeah. in ways that it's so fuzzy in normal life, it's so in the background. But once it's clear, the beautiful thing is that it doesn't stay that clear, but it never becomes as blurry either anymore. Yeah, like yeah. You just it's become changed. More it. Yeah, it. That's the, the that's the thing. I think a lot of times, I think some people would imagine that taking psychedelic drugs is like. I mean, what's the point? I'm gonna have all these. Oh yeah, whatever. I'm gonna talk to God and have all these amazing experiences. But then when I wake up, it's all gone. And that's maybe one of the biggest misconceptions because the biggest gift of psychedelics is that once it's over, it's not all gone. You carry a substantial part with you into your day-to-day -day life. At least there's the potential for it. Such a gift 